You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Daniel, we were doing an unorthodox show this week. We were recording from uh, uh, from Phoenix Comic Con 2016. This televised heroics is going to be a podcast from a Comic Con. And uh, I'm pretty excited, to be completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> I mean, it's been pretty great so far. Phoenix Comic Con 2016. We're, we are doing this from our hotel room in the Renaissance, so... Uh, if it sounds a little weird, we're using a little bit of new equipment and uh, and uh, inside of a hotel room, but I think it's gonna be pretty cool. And if it sounds like we're whispering, it's because it's uh, pretty quiet, and we don't know how hollow these walls are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'm probably not as loud as I usually am, but uh, I think I think we'll be okay. So uh, I know that we wanted to talk first uh, before we get into too much because we both. Uh, there's there's no shows to talk about right now because uh, it's all it's all over. The, all the seasons are over. And I think uh, maybe the preacher is probably the only thing we can talk about, but uh, we aren't going to get into that just yet. Uh, we're going to save uh, like those few episodes. Do I think the first two episodes together next week? Uh, let's talk a little bit about X Men Apocalypse. You got to see it. Yeah. Now, am I wrong in assuming that one of your favorite characters is Nightcrawler? Yes. Okay, so how did you feel they did with the the Nightcrawler character in Apocalypse? Really liked the movie. Um, really liked the character, what they did with the character, but they totally missed an opportunity. Um, they missed the whole reveal, especially how you brought it up yesterday, that this movie is about family, and the missed opportunity was like, oh, by the way, you know, Nightcrawler, I'm your mom. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is, yeah, I'd say the, the, they, they kind of throw the, the whole family idea at you a lot throughout that whole movie, and then for them not to, uh, even though it's, 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 it's set up brilliantly with the uh, Zazzle being in uh, first class, which was supposed to be 20 years ago, and after uh, first class, Mystique goes and leaves uh, the professor, like, with his team, or or leaves his team basically to go join Magneto's team, and which includes Azazel. So he very much could have. They could have included the fact that the, the three are related, but no, she just saves him from that uh, that mob at the at the fight at the cage fight, and they uh, totally just go about their day like like everything's normal. I mean, she doesn't even. But yet she's she's pressuring. Uh, Quicksilver into explaining to Magneto that they're family, but yeah. what's going on? You know, uh, I, I I I just felt like this uh, the movie was uh, a lot of Brian Singer just trying to be like, hey guys, remember I made uh, uh, X Men and X Men Two, and a lot of things that you liked X Men Two is in this movie. I'm bringing it back. Yeah, um, I. I agree, and you know this. 
I really don't know how I feel about this movie per se. I mean, I guess I'm right in the middle. Didn't hate it, but you know, didn't love it either. Okay. Um. I mean, I'm not gonna say I hated it. I wasn't. I definitely was not in love with it. Uh. I I had a lot of problems with it, but uh, it wasn't Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it definitely wasn't as uh, as bad as uh, Batman v Superman, yeah, for me. But it still was not great. There was a lot of a lot of potential that they left on on the on the cutting room floor, I guess, or potential uh, that they. Did. <coughs> <coughs> oh. Sorry, folks. There was a lot of potential that just didn't get that didn't happen. I could have been there. Right, and I, I just want to say, you know, Quicksilver and Nightcrawler, they were my favorite parts of this movie. And see, like, Quicksilver, like, I, I get it. I, I know why a lot of people liked it, but it just seemed like it was a lot of the, the same that we saw from Days of Future Past. Like, for me personally, it's like, they did the, the one gag in Days of Future Past, and then all of a sudden, we got to see it three times in this one. So it's like, oh, hey, you like that, <laughs> so let's do it a bunch of times. <clears throat> Once again, I know it, it seems like I didn't like the movie, but I just, I don't know. I, I had my problems with it, so I think uh, it's funny. I really did think it was funny that you have the big, one of the big jokes in the movie was uh, the, the the four kids when they went to uh, the mall and they're coming out of the movie theater watching Return of the Jedi, and you have Jean Grey, uh, played by Sophie, to- Surfie, Sophie Turner this time, <laughs> Uh, specific, specifically saying everybody knows the third one is a, is the terrible one or whatever. Uh, now that's supposed to be a, uh, a cut at X Men: The Last Stand, the third movie in the original standings. But this is kind of the reboot standings after First Class. This is the third one all again. So you're kind of cutting yourself just as deep. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe they threw that joke in there because they thought that this movie was just going to be, you know, awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, of course. They, every time you're making a movie, they're probably like, "Oh, uh, you know, we're we're, gonna, we're making the awesome movie this time." I just hate to say that this movie was mainly heroic poses and facial close-ups. <laughs> That's all it really was. There was a lot of a lot of heroic poses and, and uh, basically poster moments. I guess you could say, like. Uh, I mean, that's what the four horsemen, other than the Magneto, uh, so three of the four horsemen were pretty much used for the whole time. You got Storm and, and Psylocke and, and Archangel all just kind of making cool poses and, 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 and doing cool moves without ever getting to have any really decent dialogue or uh, anything. I mean, literally, the, it seems like the only thing that Psylocke got, Psylocke got was... Uh, uh, a, a bodysuit, a cat suit, <laughs> after she she was taken away from Caliban. In the you know, so I don't know. It was, it was <laughs> you know that kind of disappointed with that too. Um, I've told you before. You know, she was my first comic book crush. <laughs> Feel like her character didn't get injustice. Just at the end, just stare bitterly and just leave and just run away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm get yeah. I mean, there's a. I I, I guess I mean, obviously they weren't going to get into the whole uh, English princess kind of, or she wasn't a princess, but you know Betsy Braddock being English, then body swapping with this Japanese lady, Japanese ninja assassin, and then 
you know, all that having to do, having to happen, but they really didn't do her any justice with uh, not explaining anything about her character at all. Just that she was helping out um, that guy recruit mutants and also move them to different places. Yeah, so... Um, was there anything else in particular that you really liked or didn't like about the movie? Um, the whole Weapon X thing, that was fucking awesome. The, the Weapon X cutscene, uh, cut or basically that's what I see as a cutscene, it was pretty cool to see, you know, Jackman in there again and just ripping it up as Wolverine. But I think it's funny is, once again, we've this is like yet another reiteration of of Wolverine's origin that we're seeing on the screen. Right. Like, because we've already seen it, what, X-Men 1, X-Men 2, uh, X- X-Men Origins Wolverine, <laughs> the Wolverine, this one. I mean, they keep seeing his origin over and over. It's just pretty incredible. Not gonna lie, I kind of want to, you know, get paid to just kind of Sparta kick people in the chest and stab them <laughs> and just yell angrily. That's true. Uh... Do you think that there, since with that particular scene, uh, because it's Jean Grey that stops him and then kind of helps along his memory so that he gets some of it back, there, you think they're saying that she kind of, oh, I mean, I guess I was going to say that there, she's kind of responsible for him not having his memories intact after the, the, the Weapon X program. But I guess it's more the Weapon X program that takes away his memories and she gives a little bit of it back. I think, yeah, she was giving them a little bit back after the Weapon X program. <laughs> okay. It's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, obviously this is what's supposed to start him and his obsession with Jean Grey because she, he was the, she was the kind face that, that helped him. Uh, when he was in berserker mode or whatever you want to call it. Oh, geez, I hope we don't run into that guy again. Yeah, <laughs> all right, thanks, Cyclops. You can go back to being the cool kid, high school kid. <laughs> we know. There's a love triangle. We know. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> <laughs> don't shove that shit in our face again. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's a, you know, that's another thing is with Cyclops, I thought it was um, very interesting or very... Um, sad at their attempt to, I don't know if they're trying to give him more uh, character or less or what, but like you have him uh, at first being very brooding and very uh, standoffish as a kid in high school, and then his powers kick in, and then he goes to Xavier School, which he doesn't like to be there, and all of a sudden uh, Beast gives him a pair of sunglasses that will help him see, and he's like, all right, well, now I'm the cool guy. I'm going to sit on this couch and spread out and be like, what's up, mutant kid? Let's go to the mall. You know, it's just like it was such a weird turn for his character. I mean, I want to see the Cyclops that's the leader of the team that takes charge. But, I mean, I know he's still supposed to be a teenager. A teenager. But but it was just, uh, yeah. Um, now that you mention it, too, um, so that kid that he kind of shoots with the eye blast pretty sure that kid should have died but he was still making noises after he got blasted through the wall oh no I'm, I'm pretty sure that kid died I mean you can't you can't take an eye beam from the door hitting you and then you slamming into the wall behind you and then going up into the air and then falling down there's no way that kid doesn't have his brain start to swell in his head I mean he might still be moving but he's dead 
he's, he's, he's more likely than dead. Um, I mean, and then there was just like so like Jubilee. Jubilee is in the movie, mm-hmm. which she probably shouldn't have been in the first place because she's a she she screams '90s, and this is supposed to be 1983 uh, with her yellow jacket and and all that stuff. But then again, they never say. I don't even think they ever say her name is Jubilee. They never even let her use her powers. So there's no point in her uh, even being in the movie. She's just a yellow jacket. Right. And speaking of Jubilee, um, and I will take a shot after this, but yes, I saw a Jubilee today. Oh, at the, the, at the con? Yes, and <laughs> I fell in love, so that's my first shot of the day. <laughs> I like it. Um, with the, the end credit scene... Of this movie, I know we were talking about it earlier. Uh, we see that the this they take some of the Wolverine blood that they've extracted from him in the Weapon X program, and they put it into this briefcase that says Essex Corp, which uh, means um, Nathan Nathaniel Essex or Mister Sinister is going to be showing up in either the next movie or the next Wolverine movie or. Uh, somewhere down like people were saying in the next de- de- uh, Deadpool movie because he was in the Deadpool video game. Yeah, he was the main bad guy in that movie. Okay, so. or in that video game. Yeah. So, uh, one of the one of these three franchises. I mean, there's also the New Mutants movie that's supposed to come out at some point, uh, or is it a TV? Sh- I think it's a movie. And there's a Legion TV show that's supposed to come out. Um, I think that if they do it in the next. X-Men movie proper, it will be part of the them trying to do the Summer's Grey storylines that uh, that Mr. Sinister is always a part of, but when they take his blood and they put it into the briefcase, I think you get a little bit of a Weapon X-23, or, I'm just, or just X-23 vibe, but they never, like, you could have easily just put that on the vial X-23. Right. But they didn't. Also, when they put it into the briefcase, there's like three other blood samples or chemical samples in there, and they're like different colors. There's orange, green, and and uh, and something else. But, I mean, it's just I think it was just a little too unclear. It was a little too vague of what, what was going on there. Like, at the end of Days of Future Past, when they tease Apocalypse, it's very clear that you're teasing Apocalypse. Yeah. I just, I don't know what they were trying to tease with this one other than Mr. Sinister. That's all I got out of it. Um, <laughs> still, you know, I had you educate me a little bit on Mr. Sinister, and, you know, you did bring up the Jean Grey and Scott Summers, how he's there. Um, I mean, if they really are thinking of doing Old Man Logan, you know, they can use Mr. Sinister for that, for, you know, the next uh, Wolverine movie. See, now that's interesting, because there have been a lot of reports as of the last week or so that there's been pictures of uh, Hugh Jackman on the set of uh, Wolverine 3 and it looks like he has the old man Logan beard growing um, and in that storyline uh, spoilers if you haven't read that um, it's the Red Skull who ends up being the, the main villain like the, the main bad guy um, but you can't have the Red Skull because he's owned by Marvel Studios proper for the movie rights so using the Mr. Sinister I guess could be a good workaround. That'd be interesting. And you know that we have um, 
Um, you know, the Hulk and She-Hulk making incest babies. Right, so they couldn't do that. Um, but we've talked about this before. I think that they can go ahead and use Wanda and Pietro or Polaris and, and Pietro. They're good. They're very good. Yeah, it could be... There could be uh, the Speed family instead of the Hulk family. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they'll get into the whole incest thing. I just think that that's a little uh, too Mark Millar or Mark Miller for a uh, uh, main mainstream audience. But um, we'll definitely have some type of family that's going to be there to to start off the story. Okay. <laughs> uh, having. The way this franchise is going, how do you feel about it so far? Or on its way? Where it's headed? See, I loved, you know, um, the uh, first class. And I was hoping that the rest of the X-Men movies would go that way. But I don't think they are. And it's just... It had such a good feel to it. Felt like a genuine action movie. And it was an awesome bromance, too. <laughs> um, I just don't think... I, I feel like it's going to be the original trilogy all over again. I think that's the unfortunate thing, is because Matthew Vaughn is the one that uh, directed uh, First Class, and then Brian Singer went and took over at Days of Future Past again. So, of the six uh, X-Men movies, we have four of them directed by Brian Singer, and I think he he definitely has his own vision of what these movies are supposed to be and it's it's different than what Matthew Vaughn was creating. I mean, don't get me wrong, Brian Singer was a was a producer on, on first class as well. So he had his his uh little bit of He had his oh man, this whole time I've been holding the microphone backwards. He had his uh his um way of seeing it or getting his, his thoughts into the movie. So yes, definitely um we uh We'll have to see how much influence or how much more he wants to do with this world. <laughs> he did say that he wants to uh, bring, I believe you even said this, he wants to bring back all the cast cast members from the his first, his first and second movie. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to be kind of hard. Uh, the reason I say that is because Hugh Jackman said he wants out after, you know, the third Wolverine installment. Right, and I mean, I understand that. He's been playing... Wolverine for what almost uh, almost two decades at this point. Yeah. By the time uh, Wolverine, the Wolverine or Wolverine three or whatever you call it comes out, that's going to be um, that's going to be close to twenty years. But I can see it as being the same thing as Johnny Depp playing Captain Jack Sparrow. If Disney just you know backed up a truck full of money to his house, he's <laughs> like, sure, yeah, I'll do three more movies. I don't care. If they if they really want to have Hugh Jackman come back to be Wolverine, he'll come back and do Wolverine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Ian McKellen, or I should say, Sir Ian McKellen. He, I think he said he was pretty much done too. And I, I understand that as well. I mean, with him, I mean, you know, his age basically, so right, he just wants exactly. to retire. And, and 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 we saw in in day, or not days of future past but uh, this new one apocalypse, you know neither uh, Sir Patrick Stewart or Sir Ian McKellen came back, and James McAvoy and Michael Fa- Michael Michael Fassbender have made 
uh, this movie or the, this these characters their own now. You yeah, know, they're not they're not just invoking um, those other actors to to see what they came off of. So, and uh, not gonna lie, I I really liked seeing a happy Magneto. <laughs> and then seeing a sad Magneto made me sad too. Um, but, you know, this plays out pretty much in every X-Men. They write Scott Summers the same way, just a, an asshole, basically. He's always, you know, how he was brooding, you know, in high school. That's all the movies we've seen him in. He's always the same way. And then they just recycle the same plot with, you know, Sir Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen. Uh, with Magneto and Xavier just constantly, you know, hating each other. It's true. I mean, that's. I mean, how many times do we have to see uh, uh, Magneto and and Xavier hating each other at the beginning, and then they're friends, and then they're they're enemies again at the end? You know, like that's the exact like plot of uh, like I think four of the five mo- four of the six movies. You know, yeah. um, I also thought it was funny that. Magneto's storyline was very in this movie was very similar to that of Wolverine's storyline in uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. Like he he's he's gone off and he he's trying to be his own man and not not be a mutant, just uh, live with the love of his life. And then all of a sudden, someone comes in and kills the love of his life. In this case, Magneto's wife and child. And then he's that's it. I'm gonna be bad. I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do and kill people and blah blah blah. And curse God and be like, is this what you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. When he when he cursed God at that point in the movie, it just I started laughing in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, one of those. Are you one of those guys that you know at the most inappropriate times you just start laughing <laughs> sometimes i do because sometimes i really feel like it doesn't the movie uh the movie slows down or has a beat that 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 doesn't fit in with the movie like to me sometimes uh if it if it doesn't if it doesn't work right i just feel like it's it's such a forced moment that it's awkward so i have to laugh like there's <laughs> things i mean i've done it before where uh all of a sudden the movie just changes and it's it's real serious and it's quiet and oh you're supposed to be you're supposed to be a little bit tense and stuff and I'm like no you forced it it, it just forced it and I and I start to laugh and people look at me in the theater and I'm like I don't know you, you're watching this movie too <laughs> but I mean you're a writer so you basically you know analyze everything like that I do I mean I do whenever I I mean I I whenever I watch a movie I do focus more on the writing and the, especially the characterization how they're building the characters um it's to me that's to me that's probably the most important part of of immersing myself in the story of the of the of the movie i know other friends that you know are very much more into the look of the movie and the cinematography and uh the choices in editing and stuff like that and Sometimes I don't get I don't I, I don't notice those things and uh, I miss things that could potentially uh, make or break a movie. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's, uh, that's I mean that's how I felt about Apocalypse. I think it wasn't it, it definitely wasn't the best in the series. It's not the worst. Uh, to me, the worst in the series is probably Days of Future Past. I just had so much, so many more problems with that movie. 
Well, I mean, they couldn't use the Fantastic Four. They had a small part, but that's a pretty, f- you know, awesome <laughs> part. Um, and I mean, you know, my least favorite. Um, but to the listeners, uh, my least favorite was basically the last stand. Well, yeah, and that's probably one of my, my. It's probably my favorite. So I know I'm different than everybody else. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think that uh, it's it's funny that. That one, that one particular movie gets so much hate when I think it, it more than anything follows uh, X Men comic books closer than any of the other versions. Maybe Days of Future Past is a little bit closer to the comic books, but it, it do, it's changed a lot with with Mystique because uh, obviously after First Class came out. Jennifer Lawrence became a huge star, like you know, yeah. not not because of X Men First Class, but like her Hunger Games and her movies with David O. Russell. But she became a huge star, so uh, Fox definitely made her more of a figure face or uh, you know a, a prominent character in in the X Men movies. So Mystique is is a huge role in both Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, and is it unwarranted no is it a little bit more forced yes because mystique though a big character in x-men has never really been the the front face you know the the face of the mutants right and you know i think we talked about it too is like she's more of an anti-hero and she's more of a villain than you know than a hero and right exactly they portray her as a hero and in all these movies. <laughs> okay, so I think we've discussed it quite a bit. Uh, how many... I want to talk about Phoenix Comic Con now. How many years have you been coming to Phoenix Comic Con? Uh, this is... Let's see. My first one was in 2012. So we're 16. So this is my fourth uh, fourth year coming. Fourth, yeah, I think this is... Uh, I think this is my fifth year coming to this one. It's such a great con. I think it's it's... It's it's big, but it's not too big, and it's definitely not it's not tiny because you know, every year they take over more and more of downtown Phoenix. Yep, you know the streets are are full, they're and capped off, and there's all kinds of things going on. And you can do stuff at the convention center, you can do stuff at the different hotels. You there's gaming, there's uh, there's uh, panels, there's the exhibit floor there's costume parties there's cosplay there's uh we have a freaking beer garden this year a beer garden <laughs> that's yeah that's pretty incredible this is this is a, a con that is really um jumped up in status i think uh since and very quickly yeah um i think they started doing this in 2000 so it's almost going on for for 20 years now and you know they just get bigger and bigger celebrities every every year to do this con. Right. Um, I remember. I think the first year I came was the year that they had. I want to say Shatner. Oh. Uh, and then the year after that was the year that they had everybody else from uh, Star That's Trek. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, everybody was lining up. Um, they said I've been waiting in line for I think maybe two hours. Um, outside because they that same room was occupied by oh I can't think of his name uh, oh uh, John Bernthal or Berthenal Ber- yeah right uh, from Walking Dead and that was when he had just gotten off the Walking Dead and I know he was I remember he was talking about like uh, he was doing that show um, 
L.A. Noir or Noir, yeah, I think. Noir, yeah, L.A. Noir or something like that. I don't know if it was L.A. Noir or just Noir, but yeah, you're right. I mean, which I thought was a great show. Unfortunately, he didn't get picked up for a second season, and he did a great job in it. Uh, but then, you know, left him open to go be the Punisher in Daredevil yeah. 2, so that was pretty awesome. And I still haven't seen, you know, season two, but I'll be jumping on it pretty soon. Because <laughs> I really don't want to see him. He's one of those actors I really do like and enjoy watching. So. Right, and I think that it was incredible for him to go and make that his own. So uh, that was cool. Um, I've also seen Will Wheaton. I saw Will Wheaton live for the first time at P- Phoenix Comic Con. That was, uh, I think, the first first or second year that I came. I saw him as well at that same convention. Right. Or that same year, I should say. Right. Um we saw. I've seen. I've seen so many people do so and t- tell so many interesting stories. Like uh, there was the gentleman that plays uh, Lucius Malfoy on the Harry Potter movies. Oh, he was uh, here last year. He was here last year, as along with Jason Momoa and Katie Sackhoff. And it, and I know these these stars. They come. They come here and they do them these things and they do their photo ops and and things like that. But uh, they're telling the same stories that they tell the, at every convention, probably. But like for us, the fans, it's it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool to hear them because when you go to like San Diego Comic Con, they're there. They're usually there for a purpose. They're there to promote some movie or some TV show or some project. So a lot of the questioning gears gears towards that project, you know. Uh, but when you come to the smaller cons where they're just doing spotlights of these people, they don't have to stick to just one particular project. Uh, fa- you know, the fans have are fans of them from different projects. Like, uh, let's get into what we saw today. We, we we saw David Ramsey who plays John Diggle on on Arrow, which is very important to us because we talk about that show on this yeah. this particular podcast. But, you know, there was fans in there that were talking about his roles in Dexter. and I know. And I didn't realize that he, he's still on Blue Bloods right now. Like, he's a he's, he's a, a non-regular character on Blue Bloods. So he talked about that yep. in his panel today where he talks about how, uh, what, Sunday through, or what, Tuesday through Sunday he goes and he films Arrow. And then on Monday he flies into Brooklyn, does his roles, whatever he, roles he needs to do. Uh, for Blue Bloods on Monday and Tuesday, and then flies right back to do stuff on Arrow, which is in Vancouver. So Vancouver to Brooklyn in a week, and and doing two different shows, and that's 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 got to be a pretty brutal schedule. But he does it because he loves doing both shows. Yeah, and he said that you know it's sixteen sixteen hour days on on Arrow, right? Which is crazy, you Cause know, because sometimes they're filming more, they're filming multiple episodes in a you know in a week instead of just. They're not just filming one episode, and then the next week they're filming another episode. They're filming multiple episodes uh, because, you know, that's a lot. It's 23, 24 episodes in a year, and there's only so much time in a day in a week. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it was was great to hear him talk about both shows, and then... um, You know, fans are asking him questions about what what they do on the set. Play pranks on each other? (laughs) (laughs) And from the sounds of it, yeah, they have... uh, uh, between John Barrowman, uh, Stephen, D- Amell, and David David uh, Ramsey, they they kind of just uh, are all four year olds or fourth graders. He said <laughs> they call them fourth graders, and it's all fart jokes and spit jokes and, and wet willies, and wet willies, <laughs> and and uh, shenanigans happening. He said when the three of them are in a room together, uh, they no work is usually gotten done. <laughs> yeah. So 
which is funny because in in past cons I've gone to Gallifrey One, even this one because Barrowman's been here at this con a few times. Yeah, um, I've heard stories of John Barrowman on set. Like uh, I've heard uh, at Gallifrey One, I heard Eve Miles, who's going to be here this year. Uh, at Phoenix Comic Con, tell stories about John Barrowman and his shenanigans on the set of uh, Torchwood and how <laughs> some pretty <laughs> risque stuff. Like, uh, you could be filming a scene with John Barrowman in Torchwood and you wouldn't know it, but he's taking his pants off <laughs> and his penis is just hanging out. Wow. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you look over and he's like, yep, it's out. <laughs> and, and, you know, you have to keep doing your scene because the camera's still on you. But, yeah, he's 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 John Barrowman. <laughs> that's torture right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's John Barrowman. Uh, which I, I wonder, you know, that's probably got to be a lot of a thing about, you know, filming over in England and as an exception to filming over here because I'm assuming he's not pulling his pants out. He's pulling his penis out uh, on the set of Arrow. Well, I mean, that's a mo- mainly in Vancouver, so that could fly. <laughs> I think it's still considered American production, so <laughs> you probably have some uh, some uh, sexual harassment laws that you're breaking. Oh, okay. <laughs> Decent exposure laws. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. That I think that's it's hilarious to listen to David Ramsey uh, talk about his role as John Diggle. Now, he talked about his... Uh, or basically the, the, the growth of his character from episode one to the end of season four. And John Diggle, yes, in, ep- in the first pilot, the pilot episode, really doesn't have much to do. Just watch Oliver. Yeah, he's 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 hired by uh, Oliver's mom to be uh, Oliver's bodyguard because uh, he's back. He's back after being lost for five years, and of course, she's very worried about her son. But she's also got alternative motives that we know we we eventually find out about. Uh, and John Diggle being as close as he has to be to Oliver Queen figures it out, figures out that Oliver Queen is the hood. He's, he's the, the first person to find out on that show. Fir- yeah. So it's, it's, it's reminiscent of other, uh, comic book stories. Uh, one in particular where Bruce Wayne gets, uh, a bodyguard, a female bodyguard, and she figures out that he's Batman and he takes her in and says, look, if you're going to be around me, you got to learn how to. How to defend yourself the way that I need you to defend yourself, not just the way that you know. And she, he makes her part of the Batman family, the Batman team. Arrow, Oliver Queen, kind of does the same thing. He's like, "Look, John, you figured it out. You know, I'm I'm the hood, uh, but I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing, and I'm doing it for a good reason. Uh, you should you should join me. You should be part of my team to help me do this." And he does. I mean, being a ex-military special forces and uh, getting just coming back from Afghanistan and fighting in a war, he he does it. He, 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 he becomes part vigilante. And, I mean, he's made such a big impact that they actually wrote him into the comics. Right, and, which I thought was interesting that they didn't bring up in the panel. But, yeah, he's, he's one of the few characters that have been created outside of the comics to be brought in. I think the only other ones I can think of is Harley Quinn, the most famous one. Animated she, series. She was created for the animated series and such a huge uh, fan favorite that they made her into the, the comic books. And then there's uh, Chloe Sullivan from the Smallville TV show that was created for that TV show and was eventually put into the comic books. It's just crazy, you know, how you can get so many fans to, oh, God, 
this is going to lead into a horrible discussion, but, you know, the fans have so much influence and power that they can make something like that happen. It's true. I mean, and I know exactly what you're talking about, where it's going to go, but, no, yeah, um, I mean, that's definitely what these these shows want. They want the fan reaction. They want the fans to be involved in uh, and the comic books themselves, the, the, the comic book parentage or whatever you want to call it, the parent company, you know, they want the people to watch these shows and then be driven to read, to go and read the comic books. And that's exactly what uh, is going to happen. If a person who watches Arrow for the first time loves that show and is like, oh, you know what? Let me go buy a comic book, a Green Arrow comic book. They want to see John Diggle in there because... Arrow comes back to his foundry or his arrow cave or whatever it's going to be called. <laughs> the quiver. <laughs> what should be called the quiver. <laughs> and he, want, he wants to say, oh, look, there's Diggle. There's Spartan. He's over there. That's uh, uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously the same thing they, they do with the, the movies now. It's, if you see it in the movie, they want you to be able to see it in the comic book. And, uh, you know, he told us he's getting a new helmet, so he said no more Man-Negro. <laughs> Mag-Negro. Mag-Negro. <laughs> right. No, I thought, that was, I thought that was hilarious. He was he was very happy about the fact that he was going to be getting a new helmet, because, yeah, that one... Is, it's really impractical. <laughs> it's very impractical, because... And we've talked about this several times. It's It's half of a helmet, and it's only covering up the front of his face, so it's supposed to be like a mask, but then... There it leaves the back of his head completely exposed, and then it limits his vision to almost like a 40 to 45 degree field of view in front of no his face. No peripherals. There's no peripheral whatsoever. And you can easily bash him in the back of the head with a blunt object, or you know you can just shoot him in the back of the head, and yeah. he's done. I mean, if you're going to give him a helmet, then give him a helmet. And what, that's what it sounds like that he will be getting as a helmet, or at least that's what he hopes. Uh, he did say several times that he doesn't know what's going to happen in season five. He, he he can only speculate, and that he himself is a huge geek, and he loves uh, he loves the shows, and he loves to geek out on the shows and and all the shows. So he he can't wait to see what happens next year after what happened on on Flash, and if it's going to impact Arrow or not, and if it's going to be part of their big crossover. Yep, and I love that he said, you know, <laughs> I have a doppelganger. On one of those Earths, and he's like, I hope on one of those Earths, you know, I, I'm holding a fucking Green Lantern ring. <laughs> Which I thought was very important, or very, that was very awesome. Like, he, for the longest time, I guess, has been wanting to be Jon Stewart. Like, his, uh, the idea is that uh, his his character is also Jon Stewart, and uh, I guess at one point in the show, when him and his wife were getting married for the second time on the show, uh, they were going to announce him as John Diggle Stewart. That was going to be his full name, and uh, on the day of shooting that, the script got re- got altered to be John S. Diggle. So then it would still be John Stewart Diggle, but they wouldn't say the Stewart part. And then they even cut that out even further to just call him John Diggle. So it has been pitched around, or at least thrown around, that he is going to be he would be John John Stewart, uh, the Green Lantern, and that's that's an incredible thing to think about. Yeah. The only thing that, you know, I don't think they'd be able to handle the budget, you know, for that. Oh, yeah. That TV show. And that was the other thing that they he said that the producers have said that he he'll, he'll they'll never have a Green Lantern on the show. But as we've come to learn with this show is you can say never, but it might still happen. I'm talking to you, Stephen, with your beard. <laughs> right. Stephen Amell, you're going to get your you're going to get that goatee. Uh, so, 
it's it's interesting to to hear him talk about it. Like he, someone asked him who his favorite superhero was, comic book character was, and he said Moon Knight, which I thought was yeah. incredible for him to say. It's it's not it's not a very commonly known superhero vigilante, uh, and he, and it's from Marvel, not DC. Yep. And he was talking about how his love his love for Marvel comics was deep because it it was the where he he first started reading comics was X Men, and you know uh, he loved the Phoenix Saga, and he loved. Uh, 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 Moon Knight and all kinds of things, and then he said eventually he did get into uh, Batman and Superman comics, and he really loves Batman comics, you know. Yep. So that's that's really cool. He, like he said, one of the characters he would love to see on Arrow at some point would be uh, Bruce Wayne, not yeah. Batman though. He said, I don't want to see Batman. I just want to see Bruce Wayne come in and kind of be like, I'm a kick-ass billionaire too. I would love to see uh, Ollie and them kind of just face off as people instead of as. And throw money at each other, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But then again, Ollie's not a billionaire anymore in that show. Yeah. So, uh, but he did want he did want uh, the fit the 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 Bruce Wayne character to come in and and kind of flirt with Felicity and take her away. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of what you know we got with the Ray Palmer story. So yeah, because uh, Ollie was jealous, right? It would just be a repeat, but. Uh, it would be cool to see Bruce Wayne as a character come in. I don't know if you went to uh, Stephen Amell's panel when he was here a couple of years ago, but uh, he was talking about how his cousin, uh, Robbie Amell, is uh, a really big Batman fan. And he's like, you know, one of the soirees that, you know, Moira Queen is throwing, he's all, um, he's all you know, I would just love to have my cousin be there in his suit. And I just turn around. Shake his hand and say, "Hey, Bruce, how you doing?" <laughs> I guess that was before he was cast as Firestorm, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I do remember his him being there, uh, being uh, at the con and listening to his panel. He and he does a great panel too. I mean, he's so down to earth and hilarious too. He is. He very much so is. I and I imagine with uh, doing uh, Casey Jones and the Turtles movies now, is he's he's probably a little bit too busy to come to this con this year, which. Would you imagine it'd been great if if him and and David Ramsey had done their panels here today? That'd been awesome. And you know, I'm I'm hoping. Um, you know, I wasn't a fan of the first Turtles. Um, the second Turtles, I'm just hoping that uh, Stephen Amell does a great job as you know Casey, and you know we get him a break from his maybe his Casey is going to be what Ollie should be. <laughs> I kind of have a feeling that his Casey is going to be what Ollie should be, or at least the Ollie I see from the comic books. Uh, not as brooding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of the first Turtles movie either, but that's because it's not made for us. It's made for kids. It's yeah, it really is. It's 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 made for kids, and uh, I can see that. But I was talking with John about this before. If John from uh, the Geeks Watch. My Casey Jones will be Elias Codis all uh, you know for for as long as I'm alive. So <laughs> I do hope that Stephen Amell does a good job, though. I think uh, you know it was, it was great of him to to uh, to be cast be cast that uh, as that character, which is also funny because Casey Jones is a lot like the DC character uh, uh, villain Sportsmaster. <laughs> so that he kind of he's playing two different uh, DC characters now. That's true, and uh, you know. Maybe it's just the way they, that they, you know, wrote um, Ollie, but I've seen Stephen Amell, you know, that goofy type of character, um, because in Blue Mountain State, you know, he shows off, you know, that he could be a comedian as well, so. Right, his Blue Mountain State character is, 
is is very funny. <laughs> so that was I do remember that, uh, and I want I remember wanting to ask him uh, that year that he was here at Phoenix Comic Con. I wanted to ask the question like if his character in Blue Mountain State was gonna co- was gonna show back up in the mo- Blue, Blue Mountain State movie that came out earlier this year. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't. Yeah. But uh, it would have been funny if he did. Um, I, I David Ramsey was so energetic too with yeah he, 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 he was he, the first thing he does when he comes out is goes it is 180,000 <laughs> degrees here what is wrong with you people which was which was hilarious because it is today is uh, you know a very hot day here in uh in Phoenix in southern Arizona and uh it it's almost it's it's to the point that it's all you don't even want to walk outside and you have to stay inside for the con and stuff like that but uh, it is. It it was great of him to still be so energetic and and you know wanting to joke around with the 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 sign language interpreter and then uh, joke around with the lady who's uh, running the the moderating the the board uh, panel. Even though she's not really doing much, she just introduced him. Yeah, uh, and he pulled he pulled his chair out in front of the table because he's like, I don't want to be so far away from you guys. He's like, I hate this table. <laughs> and uh, what what was the joke that he said be, uh, besides that? Like where he just got up and dropped his mic and walked away. Oh, I don't remember, but that I do remember awesome. him dropping his mic. Uh, it was it was it was funny because someone like asked, you know, why do you think uh, more people like Stephen Amell than you? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know where where you would be getting your information because I think just as many people like David Ramsey, John Diggle's character, as they like uh, Stephen Amell or Oliver Queen on that show. Yeah, and you know what was also funny, and I'm pretty sure there's no one, there's no actress on the show named Felicity. There's only the character Felicity, but he was he kept describing scenes from the show, and he would say every actor's name, but then when he got to Emily, he would say Felicity. He wouldn't <laughs> say Emily, so I, I thought that was funny that, I don't know if maybe uh, she just embodies that character so much that he doesn't see the difference. Yeah, it's burned in him, but because he had two stories. He had the story he, about how uh, Paul Blackthorne is a real method actor. So before oh. he, before he gets into his scenes uh, as uh, Sergeant Lance, Detective Lance, Captain Lance, whatever you want to call him, he 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 gets into a mood. He has to he has to walk around and like bump into things and get gruff and like oh this is me <laughs> kind of thing. And he has to he has to do that. He said that him. And Steven, whenever they see this happening, they just bust up laughing. <laughs> they, they 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 can't control themselves because he's because they they think it's a real funny sight. Uh, but he he really respected Paul Blackthorne as an actor. He says the guy's a phenomenal actor. So what he does is what he does because he needs to do it to get the scene. But it, it's just a funny sight to see. And then, uh, as uh, you would see on our Facebook page, uh, he told a story about Stephen Amell's butt acting, <laughs> which was uh, very great. Apparently, there's the scene in um, the the crossover this this particular season of Flash and Arrow where they're talking about um, the the Hawks, Hawk Hawk Lady and uh, Hawk, Hawk Lady, Man, or <laughs> Hawk Girl and Hawk Man. Well, he kept calling him Hot Guy, which was funny. Uh, but he he says that uh, Stephen Amell, as as Green Arrow would is has this little speech, and he he tells the speech, and uh, David Ramsey and Will Holland are standing right behind Stephen Amell as he gives the speech. 
But as soon as he's done with his speech, he uh, uh, someone else starts talking, and that's when his he starts flexing his ass. <laughs> and of course, the camera doesn't see it because the camera is looking at the front of him. But he and uh, David Ramsey and Will Holland are standing behind him, and they both see it, and they just cannot stop from laughing <laughs> because he just keeps flexing his butt the whole time someone else is talking. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so if you go to our Facebook page, we, you can see that we live streamed it and we, we recorded some of the, vi- we recorded the video of him telling this story and it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's just great. Uh, it sounds like the last time he was here for FanFest in, uh, in December 2014, he told, he did impressions of, uh, his cast members or his fellow cast members and it sounds like that killed, but he didn't, he didn't do any this time. Uh, he just talked about how it's great to work with Tom Selleck because Tom Selleck is an incredible actor on Blue Bloods, and uh, he talked about you know how much fun and how much, how great it is to be on on Arrow. Someone else went about and asked him, uh, you know, if in a few generations down the line, what is the role that you think that you'd want people to say, yeah, that's who uh, David Ramsey is. And or do you feel like that that role hasn't come for you yet? And he said, you know what? It, if if you can be known as one role, if someone can be like, uh, you know, that's David Ramsey. He was that person or that character. You should be so lucky. You should be so lucky to have have uh, yourself seared into people's memory as a character. So he doesn't know if uh, that ki- that character has come along for him yet, but. He hopes that his work does stand up for him in the future, you know. Wow. Uh, and it doesn't matter what role, just his work in general. So, you know, he's very, he seems like a very down-to-earth guy. He told stories about his son. Yeah. And how his son is is not impressed with the fact that he's a star <laughs> at all, uh, a TV star, or especially a superhero. He, he, he says that his son, a five-year-old kid, when... He is, they are out at the mall or Disneyland or wherever, you know. No fan, pictures, no pictures. <laughs> exactly. Fans will come up and be like, can I take a picture with you? You're John Diggle. Can, you, can we take a picture? He'll he'll get in there and be like, look, he's also on Blue Bloods, okay? <laughs> and uh, no pictures, please. And just kind of pull his dad away. So, I mean, how do you deal with that when, uh, you know, your son is like, uh, I don't want you to take a picture. I, I don't want to share you with anybody else right now. Uh, but I mean, from the sounds of it, he, he has a very busy schedule in shooting. So, you know, yeah, his son probably wants all the time he can. He doesn't want people to interrupt his time with his dad, which I can understand. I totally understand too. Daniel, what else did you hear today that you thought was great? I mean, what else at the con? It doesn't have to be the, the David Ramsey panel that we saw. Uh, you know, I, um, I took a couple of selfies, um, with some cosplayers, and uh, I got kicked out of the Nolan North panel, which kind of kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, the Nolan North North panel, the voice actor who's most probably most famous for doing the Deadpool voice, and uh, Drake from uh, all the Uncharted uh, games, and, and Drake from Uncharted. Uh, his panel was full, completely full to capacity, to the point that you were trying to stand up and listen in the back, but. Uh, they're very serious about their their fire hazards here and their capacity hazards, so they asked you to leave. Uh, and and it's it's safe to say that today you were in cosplay as uh, Brock from Pokemon, so yep. you got to take a picture with a Snorlax. Hell yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
you need you need to carry around a pokeball with you though. I have been. Have you? Yeah, it's I just, right there on the counter. You oh, can see dude, it. I, I just saw the backpack. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, you're 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 doing it right. So <laughs> it's 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 cool to to see that you're having a good time. Uh, we also were you know we we're we're walking the floor. Uh, and we've come up with, I, I think is, is an idea for a new drinking game. We're not a drinking game. It's just a game that you can do with your, with your fellow friends, uh, at the con. So I say, if you go with a group, you walk the, the exhibit floor and you have each person take a different character. So you would take Harley Quinn. I would take the Joker. Uh, another friend would take Deadpool. And every time that particular, uh, cosplay com- is seen, that person gets one point. Whoever has the most points at the end of the night has to buy drinks for everybody else. <laughs> or it could be the other way. Whoever has the least points at the end of the night has to buy drinks for everybody else. So either, either golf rules or or, uh, <laughs> or uh, basketball rules. <laughs> um, well, I know that we're not playing today, but I kept count. 53 Harley Quinns, 18 Jokers. And I lost count on Deadpool because I actually stopped. <laughs> just so like, nope, I can only keep up with two. Yeah, you know, Deadpool's are are going to be a plenty. I mean, if he wasn't already popular enough before the movie, the movie I think has only kicked it into overdrive. Yep. So it's a pretty incredible dis- uh, sight to see these days, especially at cons. Oh man, and uh, I've seen all types of Harleys. Um, you know, you got Suicide Squad Harley going around. You got comic book with the whole uh bodysuit or the animated series and then some of the arkham games and then you also have the variations you have steampunk you have uh futuristic you have war torn you have all kinds of different uh harleys and then just in general uh you know people who 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 like the character and have made the character their own in some particular way. Usually you look for white makeup and uh diamonds and some sort of red color and red or black. You, you can see uh, <laughs> you, you'll you'll find Harley. Um even either even gender bent Harleys. Yeah. I saw a couple of those today. I think I saw a total of 3 of those. <laughs> so, so there you go. I saw a guy that was uh half Harley, half Joker. Oh, at one point. So, it's, oh man, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was it was it was it was pretty cool. It was kind of a little, cool little mixture. Um, but what else are you expecting to see this weekend? Um, just more panels, which I think is going to be tomorrow. We got uh, Katie Lots to go. That's right. Um, you know the guy that voices for uh, uh, Wesker in the Resident Evil games. He'll be here, so hoping to catch his panel. Uh, DC Douglas. Um, and then Troy Baker's here, and, um, you know, he was in Arkham Origins. He was, they basically call him the copycat because he sounds, you know, pretty much identical to Mark Hamill Joker. Nice. I'm a big fan, so I'm, you know, excited to see him. That, that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, I was surprised that uh, I saw that there was a panel for Karate Kid, and I was like, well, I wonder who that's going to be. And it's actually Ralph Macchio and William Zabka, so... Uh, that that panel should be pretty interesting and a nice little nostalgic kick. Uh, there's a there's a lot of other a lot of other panels. James Marsden Marsters. I'm sorry, not Marsters. Marsters. Uh, I was a huge Buffy fan, so Spike would, is cool to see. Um, there's Alex Kingston, who is Doctor both, Who, uh, Doctor Who, and uh, 
Laurel Lance or Dinah Lance, I should say. Yep. So you know it's it uh, it's going to be great to see too. Uh, Eve Miles from Torchwood, uh, and and oh, and then we didn't even talk about the fact that we 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 went to Chris Gore's panel last night. That's right. Which was uh pretty awesome. He he had a you know we we knew him from G Four Attack of the Show and he. He's a very, seems like a very approachable dude. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very, uh, wants to talk, wants to, uh, shoot the shit about movies with you. So, yep. uh, very cool. And, you know, stay tuned. You might hear something, hear some more about him on this very network. And, uh, he also gives out free movies. I got a copy of a uh, Dick Shark. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Everybody who asked a question at his panel, which Daniel was one, uh, got a copy of Dick Shark or Nightmare on Elmo Street. Yep. Daniel man, uh, managed to get himself secure himself a copy of Dick Shark on DVD, which uh, let me just tell you, if you've seen the movie <laughs> Teeth, which was about a vagina with teeth in it, t- this is the opposite. This is a penis with uh, shark teeth on it. So, uh, yeah, the first line on the back of this says, "No, this is not porn. Porn does not look like this. It, it if you equate nudity with porn." You are immature. <laughs> Even though the the there's four, five half naked women on the back cover of this movie, and uh, there's also a typo <laughs> back there. It says uh, "directo," "directo" from the "directo" instead of from the director. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very interesting panel. Uh, a lot of a lot. He had a lot of fans that would go up there and ask him questions about movies, and which is very cool. I, I remember. Uh, I remember running into him a lot of different panels because. Uh, he it seems like he's just that kind of guy that likes to to go to a panel or go to I'm sorry panels a lot of different cons he likes to go to cons he likes to interact with fans and it's that's that's just pretty great you know uh, I'm not gonna lie he uh you know how some movies got a cult following like Rocky Horror Picture Show I feel like he has a cult following oh definitely most yeah. definitely I, I think that's that's very true uh, but you know. I think that's going to be most of our time for this week. We're gonna, we need to go out there and enjoy the cons some more. So yeah. uh, I am at agent underscore of the underscore bad on Twitter. I am at, uh, at Daniel Von Helvet. And we are also seen at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. We have Geek Elite Radio as our Facebook page. GeekEliteRadio.com is our website where you can check out uh, archived ver- archived uh, op- episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. And uh, Geek Elite Radio on Facebook is where we do most of our conversations. So you can come over there, talk to us, see some of the things that we're posting, talk to the rest of the community, ask questions, you know, be a part of it. Be a part of the group. Don't don't sit back. Get in there. Interject your voice. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, oh, hopefully you got a chance, because this is going to go up after the con's over, you got a chance to see us at the con and meet us. So uh, just remember that this is... Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek Geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.